Formidable. Uh, I'm Rob Wolf, and uh, this is our show where we uh, take a look back at some of the less heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's history. Uh, we like to say that we think every Met is unformidable in their own way. Uh, I will say that today's Met might be a bit more formidable, uh, forgettable than some, because uh, this person never made it to play with the New York Mets. Uh, it is, of course, MLB draft season uh, next week, starting June 3rd. Uh, future Mets, hopefully future Mets, if they do a good job drafting, uh, will be selected in the MLB amateur draft. Uh, our friends at from Complex to Queens uh, have probably already have already filled you in on who they think the Mets should take, um, who they don't think the Mets should take. I bet they'll probably take someone that we don't think they should take, past history as any judge. But the MLB draft, um, you know, draft pick might not be destiny, but it certainly writes a path. Uh, you know, I'm watching right now as we speak uh, the reigning best pitcher in the National League, Mr. Jacob deGrom, matched up against the once and, you know, I guess hopefully uh, for in his case, uh, in his mind, future, uh, probably never again, best pitcher in the National League, but uh, likely future Hall of Famer and longtime reigning best pitcher in the National League, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, but for Clayton Kershaw, you know, who was a first round draft pick, uh, seventh overall pick uh, the year he came out of high school, uh, success almost seemed predetermined. And, you know, I think his path through the minors, uh, you know, just is just expected that he would be what he was, whereas uh, Jacob deGrom, of course, was uh, is very well known with a ninth-round draft pick, uh, you know, shortstop converted to pitcher, and, you know, as, as is famously known, you know, when he came up, you know, Rafael Montero was the more exciting prospect, and Jacob deGrom was an afterthought, was a third or fourth starter, or a long reliever, or a depth piece, uh, and was not someone who anyone thought would be the best pitcher in baseball at any point in time. And a lot of that is just the pedigree as the ninth round pick. Uh, and of course, even more famously in Mets history, uh, you know, Mike Piazza, 62nd round draft pick around that doesn't even exist anymore. I don't think, I mean, how much of a part of the narrative of Mike Piazza is it that he was a 62nd round draft pick as a favorite to Tommy Lasorda? I mean, he'd be a hall of famer anyway, but it, it's just part of the legend and part of the story. And, you know, obviously the baseball draft, because there's more misses than in other sports, isn't quite, uh, I don't think, as covered as, you know, football and basketball, where you have uh, the, the popularity of those college sports. But, you know, for baseball fans, it's, it's exciting, and it's become more and more exciting. And, you know, I think it defines these players more than we think. At any rate, this is just a long-winded introduction to get to our Met of the day. As I said, a Met who never made it to the team, in fact, never made it out of low A, the low-A Sally Leagues for the New York Mets. Um, that is Ryan Jaroncic, the Mets' 1995 first-round draft pick. Unlike a lot of players who, you know, flame out because of lack of ability or, you know, just failing to make it, uh... Jaroncic was famous for uh, quitting the game after those, at, at the age of 20, he was drafted out of high school, as we'll discuss shortly, and, you know, just 
quit the game very quickly, uh, made an abortive comeback attempt a few years later in 2000, but uh, his story is pretty interesting, uh, was covered a few years ago, uh, as I'll mention in, in Sports Illustrated, and uh, really an interesting, uh, I don't know, cautionary is the right word, but an interesting draft story. Um, obviously, the Mets are pretty well known for uh, some draft blunders, uh, you know, Steve Chilcott over Reggie Jackson to... Oh, Lord, uh, I, we could spend 20 minutes listing them. But, uh, you know, uh, in this case, it's a little different in that, you know, most people still feel like the, the player was talented, but, you know, walked away before ever had a chance to develop those talents. Usually like to start with a little, uh, you know, player background. You know, most of the players we've discussed have you know, had a career before they came to the Mets, uh, you know. Uh, so Jaronsic, obviously, going into the draft was... Um, you know, it's not like the Mets went way out on a limb on someone who wasn't expected to be a first-round pick. Uh, uh, he was a high school student in California, 18-year-old, uh, uh, you know, looked more like a top-of-the-order hitter uh, from what I've read, and, uh, you know, just a defensive uh, skill. Uh, there was, a, I guess, a rookie or a draft baseball card that said he had the uh, best combination of defensive actions, intelligence, and makeup of any infielder in the draft. Uh, so uh, Jaronsic was really looked at as like a you know, quintessential shortstop prospect. Uh, you know, other teams were supposedly in on him right around where the Mets were picking. So, you know, it's not like they were taking a wild swing. And uh, this, this was someone who was expected to go in the first round and did go in the first round. Uh, unfortunately, as it would turn out to the New York Mets. And while it's always fun to, uh, you know, look at a draft after the fact and kind of try and say, well, you know, who should we have taken? Uh, you know, while while some notable major leaguers did go in front of Jaronsic, uh, you know, Darren Erstad went first overall in 1995, uh, solid major league career and always a Rob Wolf fantasy baseball favorite back in the day. Uh, Kerry Wood went fourth, uh, Todd Helton went eighth, and most painfully of all, although well, we probably wouldn't have taken him anyway, Roy Halladay went one pick before Ryan Jaronsic at 17th overall. Uh, but unless the Mets had the uh, foresight to actually go out on a limb and draft the player who went 49th overall, Mr. Uh, Carlos Beltran, uh, in the middle of the second round of the draft. Uh, most of the names after Jaronsic uh, did not have notable major league careers uh, at all, at least in the first round. You know, a couple other second rounders like Sean Casey. Uh, but, you know, unless we actually, you know, really went out on a limb there and drafted Carlos Beltran and gave Met fans a reason to irrationally and for no reason hate Carlos Beltran years before they actually did, uh, then... You know, I I see no reason with hindsight to quibble uh, with the pick, uh, which, you know, believe me, if I have a chance to quibble with something the Mets did, I will. In fact, um, so his senior year of high school in California, Jaroncic uh, only had three homers and 90 at-bats, but um, 24 stolen bases, 544 slugging percentage, 12 walks against three strikeouts. Um, it's a lot better than I did in high school. Um... No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know high school stats, but uh, sounds good. And obviously the scout community uh, 
was in love with him, as were the New York Mets. Uh, so they pegged him with the 18th pick of the draft, and Ryan Jaronsik, at the age of 18, was off to rookie base, the rookie league uh, with the Mets in 1995. Uh, Jaronsik did struggle in the minors. He made his debut at age 18, uh, as I said, in the rookie league in, uh, at Pittsfield, and at the Gulf Coast League Mets in rookie in low A ball. Uh, and at the age of 19, went to the Appy to play in Kingsport, uh, where, you know, again, he, he really, you know, struggled to find his groove, uh, you know, 647 OPS in Kingsport. Uh, but, you know, as a first round pick, probably, uh, you know, no one's going to give up on you yet in any way, shape or form. Uh, so 1997, uh, he opened the year in uh, Capital City. I hope you met the Capital City goofball. Um, I did not know the Mets ever had a team there, uh, but the with the Capital City Bombers in the South Atlantic League, uh, wish that was still our minor minor league affiliate. Uh, but uh, so again, he he started the year there in 1997 and uh, was struggling. Uh, 100 at bats, 101 plate appearances, 174 batting average. Uh, but the reason for that was apparently not just struggles; it was because Ryan Jaronczyk did not want to play baseball, and apparently pretty much never wanted to play baseball. So, on May 8th of 1997, less than two years after being drafted, 18th overall, number one uh, number one draft pick, 18th overall in the nation by the New York Mets, uh, Ryan Jaroncic delivered to Mets general manager Joe McElvain, who haven't heard that name in a while, uh, a letter uh, notifying them that he was quitting the game of baseball for good. A young and uh, relatively unknown at the time, well, unknown to me, I don't know, uh, young Met Beat reporter named Buster Olney uh, covered this uh, extensively for the New York Times in 1997 uh, when he worked the Mets Beat. Uh, so at the age of 20, Ryan Jaroncic, uh walked away from baseball. Uh, ostensibly, uh, you know, he began playing ball at the age of five, uh, you know, basically at, at the whims of his father, Bill, uh, who was a defensive back for USC and a Navy pilot. Uh, and, you know, it sounds like kind of like a more of a tennis story, like one of those, uh, you know, sport parents that uh, just badgered you into playing. Uh, Jaroncic, uh was kind of forced into baseball and to a lesser extent soccer as a child. And uh, even though he excelled, uh, never really enjoyed playing the game. Uh, he, he tried to transition to football as a teenager, uh, but got hurt, uh, and his father, you know, was leery of him damaging his baseball career and instructed him to quit and stick to baseball. But on that May day in 1997, uh, Jaroncic, uh, hitting 174 in Capital City, uh, told Jill McElvain he was quitting, uh, walked out, uh, threw his glove and his bats in the dumpster, and moved on and away from baseball, uh, he believed at the time permanently. He did make a brief and abortive uh, comeback attempt in the Dodger organization a couple of years later, uh, moving from uh, coming to the Dodgers in 1999 uh, and playing in 99 and 2000 in their minor league uh, organization before uh, once again hating baseball enough to quit, I guess. So, you know, uh, as far as Jaroncic's, well, his post-baseball uh, life, uh, I think it's, well, first, I want to talk a little about his, uh, 
it's pretty light. Yeah, I, I find really interesting is uh, the inter- when they interviewed the scout who drafted him, or, or who was really in on him, Jim Woodward. Uh, you know, there's all this talk about you know, oh, he's a religious Christian and a bright Stanford-bound kid. Uh, all suggested a strong bearing. Uh, so you know, just all of that, like, I don't know, white nonsense. Uh, I, I just feel like uh, it's just interesting how that colors the the perception, and you know that. Uh, no one could believe that uh, this kid would lie about wanting to have a career in baseball, that he, he he was an upright Christian. And, you know, I looked him in the eye and he said he wanted to play baseball and give up his career and you know, give up his education and pursue baseball with the Mets. And people even cite, you know, kind of that uh that religious upbringing is part of the reason that uh, not only did he not like baseball, but he hated the lifestyle around it, that uh, he didn't like how the players went out and partied. You know, he actually got married at 18 and didn't didn't enjoy going out uh, or didn't enjoy the the lifestyle associated with being a minor leaguer or obviously uh, implied the lifestyle that it would be as a major leaguer. So the lesson, as always, don't trust religious people. Uh, that's 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 the lesson I took out of this. You don't have to take the same lesson I did, um, <clears throat> but uh, so anyways, uh, Jaronsic uh, turned uh, forty a couple of years ago. Um, he lives in Ohio and uh, is still a devout Christian who uh, publishes extensively online about creationism. Uh, he wrote a children's book on it. I'm not even going to give the name because that's just. Uh, I, I, I won't promote such nonsense on my podcast, uh, but in fact, we actually um, we, we actually looked into, um, uh, Brian uh, had asked about if we, if we could have him on the podcast and interview him, which apparently he turned down, and uh, now I'm kind of relieved because I, I, I don't think the interview would have went well uh, once I learned all of this stuff about him. But anyway, if you, uh, you could look up... Uh, as I said, Buster Olney uh, wrote an article about him quitting baseball live when it happened in 1997 for the Times. Uh, and then a couple of years ago uh, on in Sports Illustrated, Jack Dickey uh, covered, uh, kind of looked back at him, 20, I guess, twenty because it was 20 years after he quit the game. Although that article, uh, yeah, I think it was a lot, it was a lot to, uh, to Olney's article. But they're both two very interesting uh, studies of this event. Uh, if you either remember him drafted, being drafted or being, uh, you know, remember him walking away from baseball, I think they're both interesting reads. Uh, if you actually read, uh, if you prefer reading to podcasting, uh, which I do, actually, but uh, hopefully those of you listening do not. Um, but uh, in, in any event, uh, they're, they're interesting reads on Jaronsic and that era and... Uh, the phenomenon of the MLB draft. So whoever the Mets take in the with the 12th, I believe, pick in the 2019 MLB draft, uh, hopefully, well, hopefully they'll be so good they'll never be a candidate for unformidable. They'll be uh, having their number raised to the city field rafters before I die. That would probably be before I die. I don't know. Might not be actually. That's sad. Um, but uh, whoever they draft, hopefully they're in the organization longer than Ryan Jaronsik, uh, who unfortunately walked away from the game. Uh, well, not unfortunately. I mean, it was his choice, and 
his right, uh, obviously, uh, to not play a game he didn't want to be involved in, uh, but hopefully the misfortune of selecting that player uh, doesn't fall to the Mets this year. Or uh, ever again, really. Anyway, thank you, as always, for listening to Unformidable. Uh, please uh, please follow Amazing Avenue on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, please uh, subscribe to the podcast and all of our Amazing Avenue audio podcasts. Uh, and please leave reviews where you subscribe. They're quite helpful. Uh, original music on the podcast is by Bunga. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show at Unformidable. Uh, thank you for listening, as I said, and as always, let's go Mets.